your mind for you and for I. I'm trying to decide when I look in your eyes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, besides, but your feelings inside you. I'm pushing up my mind. Ladies and gentlemen, episode 14. We're back in it, baby. How are you, brother? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, I'm I'm I moved into the 21st century. I'm using this laptop now for my notes. There we go. I think one day we'll have like a floating iPad, and I'll just like wherever I look, the iPad will like follow me, like a hologram. <laughs> we're like looking through and stuff. Yeah. Future. Hey, hey, yeah, you listening? Everybody listening? How are you guys? I just realized Ryan and I always greet each other and we high five each other and everything. How are you guys doing? Well, I they, hope. Well, they can't respond live. Well, I right? hope they just did. <laughs> okay. Whether you're at the gym or whatever, I hope that you just were like, "I'm good," and the girl next to you was like, "I gotta go." <laughs> but yeah, well, nah. the girl, or the girl next to you was like, "You are." <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's baller. I'm gonna write that down, man. All right, hey, let's get into it, people. I hope you guys have been enjoying the last couple episodes. I'd say we upped our game, baby. I would say so too. We, the we lighting, upped our game. Uh, the notes, all everything. That. Yeah, we the got beards. a lot of the beer. I'm telling you, bro. The beer, it, it does something. We got a lot of good feedback on episode 12, episode 13. We're going to follow a similar format and structure for how we do all this stuff today. But we got another another topic that today, actually, I was on the phone with one of my friends and she was going through some shit. And I like couldn't even think of a topic for today, whatever. Sometimes I throw these topics down like mm-hmm. a week in advance. I have notes where I'm like potential topics, yeah. whatever. Sometimes I get inspired and I'm like SpongeBob where I take the pe- the quill pen and everything and I'm <laughs> and yeah. some of these and I write for 45 minutes and then I just have the, yeah. you know. But no, sometimes I like do it mm-hmm. on the fly, like spur of the moment. Oh, I'm hella creative. I got this, whatever. So today. Well, well real quick, let's okay. introduce ourselves just in case we got new new listeners, right? Okay. But okay, we gotta get fired <laughs> up. But we <laughs> we got a good agenda. Anywho, my name is Jacob Moore. Everybody, thank you for listening. I am an upcoming music manager. I am a music manager, independent music manager. I work alongside with my boy Ryan. Ryan Ramirez, aka Double R. Good man. Mus- music artist, R and B artist, managed, Double R. managed by this guy. I'm actually glad you caught me on that because I was just gonna keep going. That's why I paused for I a felt second. It. I felt it. I felt it. I was like, just yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I appreciate it. But you guys are listening to Inside the RV. This is a podcast about self development, entrepreneurship, work ethic, and becoming the best version of yourself. Yeah. Because that's what Ryan and I are trying to do every day. We're trying to continue to, you know, instill a great work ethic within ourselves and those that we hang around. And we're just trying to trying to build, man. We're trying to develop personally, and I think we've done a good job. And so, what you're listening to right now is our failures and our successes and our buildups and our breakdowns and everything in real time as it happens. So yeah, we're trying to, um, if you guys didn't know, we're trying to become wildly successful in the music industry. Ryan's trying to become, you know, on the level of like JB, Chris Brown, like stadiums packed out. I'm trying to become a Scooter Braun. I'd say that we're working our asses off and it seems relatively achievable. 100%. And, 100%. Yeah, and 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 we not even relatively, it is achievable, you know, and that's why we do this to tell you guys what's going on and everything. So, that's inside the RV and we appreciate you guys listening, man. And it's more so too like because, you know, you always hear, which is true, you got to listen to people who have done it before you. So, it's like if you can you can take, you know, what we're talking about with a grain of salt, especially mm-hmm. at this stage. Oh yeah. But I think I'm more excited about the podcast because it's a documentation for when, you know, things do pop off in the future. Yeah someone the next kid can look back and be like oh well this is what they went through this was their mindset and everything. it's yeah. not so much like we're we're the shit listen to us right now we know yeah, what yeah, we're talking yeah. about it's more so like this is what we're learning and it's working so far yeah it may change or whatever yeah. but i think 
I'm pretty sure it's the right mindset, and yeah. you can look back later. Dude, this is our diary as exactly. we come up yeah, straight yeah. up. So this has all the successes and the failures and everything. And so in the grand scheme of things, we're just almost three years into our journey in the music industry, which mm-hmm. in the grand scheme isn't huge, mm-hmm. but three years is a, a damn long time, and yeah. we've learned a lot. And it's exponential. Like Ryan and I always say, like everything we've achieved and whatever and learned in year one was like times five in year two. Yeah. And now being in year three of our journey, <clears throat> it's like times 10. 100%. And yeah. it's just going to exponentially grow like that. So yeah, man, I hope that everybody can take away something good. And like Ryan said, take it with a grain of salt. We're still learning. Yeah. I imagine like 10 years from now when we're balling and everything, we're going to look back on this and be like, those we, schmucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are these Joe Schmo mother efforts right here? But um, yeah, man. Yeah, I think there's a lot of value there because we're, you know, it's happening in real time and uh, you're listening to our diary. Mm-hmm. So, dear diary, today I want to write a little something about failure. Wow. Okay. I want to talk about failure because let me. Let's talk about some successes first to preface that because I want to show, you know, hey, everything's cool. Like there's successes and there's failures. And I think Ryan and I, we were going through a real, real shitty phase over the past like two, three months where Mm -hmm. things were going great. Like in the first part of the, like the first two quarters of the year, things were going great. The third quarter of the year started going downhill, Mm -hmm. you know, in a bunch of aspects, like in terms of like, we had things happen like personally to each other. We had things happen where like, song campaigns and releases didn't work at all but then we had like amazing thing things happen where we met a lot of like great people networked hard and good things happened but um yeah things things were going really really great and now i'm happy to say you know they were going bad but now like they're steady on the incline ryan and i got you know our mindset and all these different things figured out and we've been networking more and like strategically planning this next song release which has been great but aside you know, from how great we feel now, there were there were a lot of failures this year. Mm-hmm. There, you know, like I mean, mental failures, things that we would deem as as a failure or a mm-hmm. setback or whatever. And so, one of my good friends called me today, right? And she was like, she experienced a setback or what I would, you know, what maybe she thought was like some sort of failure or something. And so I was driving home and I was like, you know what, man? I remember when a couple months ago she was telling me she was on top of the world, mm-hmm. and yeah. I was like, we got to talk about how everybody everybody experiences failure man yeah it's gonna we like i experience failure on a day-to-day basis in some aspects you know um gosh man what about do you experience failure i think every day bro yeah like to some degree like i think you know but it's how you look at it too yeah you know you can you can um you can create that degree in your head yes it's all in your head you know so i think you get you get to decide what's a failure or what's a stepping stone, you know? And that is why I think that you can't be super, super rigid in, like, your routine necessarily mm-hmm. or how you live your life because um, you're human and things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. And just because, you know, you didn't get to do that last chapter of the book on your power list and you got an L, that doesn't mean your day was a failure, yeah. What you, you know, yeah. you can you truly deem what is a failure. You decide what is a failure and stuff. Yeah. So, I think it's important to to make note of that, but you know, to get into this it's a little weird doing it with a laptop now here. Sorry if this blocks my no, beautiful okay. handsome view right here. So, look guys, everyone is going to fail at something in their life, all right? You're going to experience some sort of failure, okay? Friendships, 
you might fail in school and ending a relationship. And I want to say what Ryan said a minute ago, like failure is to the extent of the degree in which you evaluate it. Failure, in my opinion, is subjective. Mm -hmm. I think you truly deem when you fail. So Mm -hmm. that, that, you know, I'm using failure as a very loose term and I'll kind of get into the terminology in a little bit, but you might experience an ending a friendship that could have been a failure to you. Shit, dude, you guys think I never failed a test in school? (laughs) <laughs> I went to college for almost five years, dude. <laughs> like, you know, I've, I've, I've failed in school or bombed that presentation. Like as a business major, we were constantly given like sales presentations, pitches, stuff like that. Um, but here's the deal. Failure happens to everyone. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is first and foremost, the number one thing that you need to understand. Justin Bieber, the Jonas Brothers, Michael Jackson, Ed Milet, Everybody, your parents, every single person has experienced some sort of failure. Mm -hmm. That is what you need to understand first and foremost. Second, you can use failure in one of two ways. Mm -hmm. You can let it debilitate you or you can use it as fuel to drive yourself forward in a positive direction. And I do both of those, unfortunately. I'm still working on like being a person who can take failures and really use that to thrust myself forward. I still struggle with that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I fail at something or your song didn't get a certain amount of streams and I'm feeling like shit. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Do you experience that? Oh, 100%, dude. Yeah. I think like... I, I just instantly think of a quote from a, a Rocky movie. You ever seen the Rocky movies? The Rocky Adrian. movies? Adrian! Yeah. Yeah. They're amazing. Oh, Eye of the Tiger, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, Sylvester yeah. Stallone said, I don't remember which Rocky, I think it's all of them actually, but yeah. he says a quote and he says, success isn't measured by how hard you can hit. It's measured by how, how hard you can get hit and keep going. Wow. Because he was always the, the boxer. He was like the underdog in the boxing ring, especially like in the first two movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like the underdog out of him and Apollo Creed. But mm-hmm. the fact that he was getting beaten down by Apollo Creed he should have lost yeah. he should have lost but the fact that like no matter what he had that drive in him to mm-hmm. keep getting up and keep going mm-hmm. eventually Apollo Creed got tired and he ended up winning because he just wow. he kept getting up mm-hmm. no matter what no matter how much pain he was in no matter how tired he was etc so I think that's like a great lesson for life too and by the way it's an interesting story because um, Sylvester Stallone struggled like his whole life to become an actor and he wrote the Rocky movie and wow. no, and he got rejected by all these producers and everything for years, but he believed in the movie so much that he kept going. Wow. And then, um, I think it was like two guys or something that like ended up picking it up and like really believed in it as well. And then it became one of like the biggest movies of all time. Yeah. So it's like he kept getting up, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's why like, I feel like fel- failure is like a good measuring block because you can use that and be like, okay. Well, this guy, this other guy isn't going to, he's, he's going to look at the failure and give up, (laughs) but me, I'm going to, I'm going to see it and keep getting up and learning from it. (laughs) And I'm going to end up on top and and I'm going to have all these things I learned from that failure. (laughs) So it's only going to make me stronger and better. And I'm going to be more knowledgeable, more skillful, and it'll just end up being a better path anyways. You know, I mean the, the movie was like his real life. 100%. 100%. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. he just, he kept going through failure. And mm-hmm. I'd, I I would even say, and I'm going to kind of get into this a little bit, but I wouldn't even call everything that he experienced in the movie a failure at all, or everything yeah. that he experienced in his life a failure. Mm-hmm. I did read a thing about how he had to, like, sell his dog, right, to pay for something. Like that, something. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. And, you know, and um, so he went through all these things, and I think how you frame it really, really impacts how you're going to continue forward yeah right so 
before I get into that, I think that uh, when you use, I love this too, because I just listened to this Ed Milet podcast. That's that's why I'm smiling. So you need to use failure to fuel you in a positive direction, right? So I was listening to this Ed Milet podcast. If you guys haven't listened to that shit, do it. Obviously, listen to ours, listen to every single one of our episodes first, but we're just trying to share the knowledge. Like, go yeah. read these books. Like, they've helped us listen to the podcast, mm. MFCEO, all that stuff. Uh, Tony Gonzalez has a great podcast called Wide Open. I really like listening to his podcast. Mm. So, Ed Milet, on this, on this episode I was listening to yesterday, he had this famous golfer named um, uh, Phil Mickelson, I think is his name. Forgive me if I didn't pronounce it right. I think it's Phil Mickelson. He's a professional golfer. And Phil said he's he's like one of the best too. I don't know mm. anything about golfing, but but yeah, Ed was basically saying that like Phil is like up there with Tiger Woods. Okay. And he's one of like the greatest. Uh-huh. And Phil said he hates losing more than he loves winning. Mm. And that is what drives him so hard. He is that guy who who the the thought of failing and losing is just so much more significant to him than even that feeling of winning. Wow. Like he's that guy who would get up there and he's not going to be like, I won. He'd be like, I didn't lose. Nice. You know, you know what I'm saying? Phil hates loot. He hates failure more than he loves success. Right. So he uses his failure to push him towards success. And that's what's made him like one of the best of all time and the best in the Mm. world. So listen, Here's something that I want to say. I thought that was really cool. That kind of helped like shift my mindset because I think I'm a very competitive person. I think you're a very competitive person and I can be that way too. Like, man, sometimes it's like, I don't even want a million streams to know that it was a, a success. I want that million streams to know that we didn't fail. Yeah, <laughs> You yeah, know 100%. what I'm saying? Like that sign, yeah. like that, uh, that relief. Exactly, exactly. So look, what most people would call a failure I think you're confusing with something else. Mm -hmm. I don't think on a day-to-day basis you're experiencing failure or I'm experiencing failure. We're confusing those with setbacks. That's all they are. And you're and you're experiencing negative a chain of negative thoughts in your own head that you created yourself. Wow. Uh Like it's not really like a an end-all be-all. Like like let's say I put out a song and it gets like one stream. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But we did a whole campaign or whatever. Like then it's like. The only reason that's a failure is because I created a chain of negative thoughts in my head of why that sucks. Mm, You perpetuate that failure in your head. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally true. And that just goes back to what you and I both said in the beginning is like what you deem as a failure is failure is subjective. Yeah. And I don't think that you fail on a day-to-day basis. I don't think that I do. I, this is kind of like a mindset that I've been adopting. We're just facing obstacles. Yeah. That's all it is Mm -hmm. that, that sometimes, and I talked to Ryan about this, like I'll be so hyper-focused and zoomed in on the micro on the day-to-day or whatever this is that I forget to zoom out and look at the graph Mm. a year over year. You know, and so yeah. when you zoom out, sometimes you realize like, hey, maybe I had all these setbacks day to day. But if you look at the graph in its entirety, you're going up. Plus, you're, you're going ch- up. And plus, right. you're choosing to look at the bad, like the bad part of like that phase. Like yeah. then like negativity is so much louder than positivity, which yeah. sucks. But that's just how it is. And that's human nature and negative people. Yeah, negative people, and it's like, but you okay? Let's let's look at let's look at the month, right? Mm-hmm. The month, okay. You you had a a bad song that came out or whatever, and it didn't do well. But in that uh, in that month, besides that, you met these three awesome people that are going to lead you to another path. You met this person. You did this. You did that. That were all positive and moving you forward. But you chose to look at that one thing that sucked, mm-hmm. and you focused and zoomed in on that, and you made that 
um, take over your emotions and take over your feelings. And it made you um, direct your life into a different way than you would have if you looked at the positive sides of those things or the other things. Mm-hmm. And you could have gone in a way different direction, but you chose to look at that, which we all do. I do it as well sometimes. You chose to look at that bad thing that just screwed you up. You know what I mean? Damn. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's totally true. And it's like... It's a choice. It's a choice. And I don't think... uh, I probably was that guy who used to say like, oh, well, I focus on the negative because I want to improve. I want to improve. And, you know, it's like... I get that. And I think I said that for a while too, but at the end of the day, it's like your negative thoughts continue to perpetuate a negative mindset. Yeah. And you'll truly make progress. I think, I think first off, if you're looking at your failure and zooming in on it and allowing it to take over and your excuse for that is, well, I want to work on it. I want to fix it. That's why I'm so focused on it. That's a good starting point. Yeah. That's that. Uh, that's a good starting point. At least you're not using it to, yeah. you know, continue to be super negative. But like Ryan says, like with this whole, um, like, law of attraction the universe gives you mm-hmm. what what you put out and everything if, if you're focused on the negative you will continue to receive negative so yeah. even if you think that you're framing it in a positive way still focusing on negativity in any aspect is gonna continue to create more negativity in your life 100 right so i think people confuse failure with setbacks mm-hmm. and here's the deal but does failure exist failure does exist but listen to this Real failure, real failure. I'm not talking about some bullshit where you woke up and you were in a shit ass mood. So you missed something on your power list or whatever. Real failure doesn't happen until you give up. Yep. The second that you give up, you have experienced real failure. I haven't experienced when I look at it and I started creating this agenda and I really, really looked you know, back on what Ryan and I have done, we have experienced zero failures, just tons of obstacles and setbacks. We would have experienced failure if we gave up, okay? Because when you give up, you've told yourself that there are no other means of achieving your goal. You've said, that's it. There's nothing else. Then you have now made it impossible for you to achieve your goal. The possibility of achieving that goal ceases to exist because you think that you have ran out of any way to achieve it. So that is true yeah. failure. And, and the way I look at it too is like the times that I focus in on those failures, the yeah. little things, I just think to myself like, Ryan, look, homie, you really thought that your path was going to be a perfect path yeah. with no setbacks and no failures. Mm-hmm. You, thought you're, you thought you were so good that nothing bad was going to happen and that you were going to be perfect in creating the life that you wanted for yourself. Humble yourself, homie. You don't, you're, you don't deserve that. Like as as humans, we are not perfect. Yeah. So I look at that as like, yo, check your ego, Ryan. You know what I mean? Like, cause you got to humble yourself. You, you really thought you were going to be that perfect. Wow. You know? Did I send you that TikTok where it was like, if your future self looked back on you, they'd be like so intimidated or whatever? Yeah, 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 I saw that. Okay, I watched this TikTok. Also, public service announcement, I limited my daily TikTok consumption to 45 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Even though that's a shitload. Check his screen time. Yeah, check my screen time. (laughs) Even though that's still a lot, like I I said, I have not, over the past couple weeks, not been holding myself to the standard I wanted to. I mean, over the last like two, three weeks I have, but prior to that, when I was going through some stuff, you know, a couple episodes back, uh-huh. I was talking about it. Yeah, dude, I would just shower, just sit on the couch and be on TikTok for two hours. Yeah. Whatever. Just BSing. And then that time flies, huh? <laughs> I've been there too. I have days Social like Social media too. makes time fly, baby. But uh, I sent Ryan this TikTok and this, this lady was like, 
Could you imagine what myself from 10 years ago would think of myself today? They would probably be so intimidated. They would think I am so badass. They would think I'm the shit. I think sometimes you got to think about that, man. Like I'm 23. If 13-year-old Jacob met 23-year-old Jacob, they'd probably be like, wow, I'm stoked on the person that I'm going to become. And I I think I'm going to be stoked on 33-year-old Jacob. You know what I'm saying? So. You know, when you experience a setback, try to try to think about that. It, I try not to focus on like the past or the future or whatever too much, and I just try to stay present. But if you're gonna look at things in the past, you know that's that's a good way to that's a good way to look at it, man. I love that. So, in this conversation, since I just said that failure, real failure, is when you completely give up, I'm gonna kind of I want to uh, clarify the terminology. Okay, so for for the rest of this conversation or the sake of this conversation. I'm not going to say the word failure. I mean, I may, it may slip, but I'm going to use the term setback or obstacle, yeah. right? Cause, cause Hey, we haven't given up me and Ryan haven't. And you, the listener, you haven't. And if yeah. you were thinking about giving up, don't, Yeah. don't give up. Okay. Yeah. So listen, we're going to talk about setbacks and obstacles. Okay. But actually, oh shoot. My notes are completely off based on that. Can, can I, can I touch on something real quick? Yeah. Hit it. So, the whole giving up part, right? Yes. In my opinion, I mean, I don't know, but in my opinion, I think that if it's easy for you to give up on something, that's not what you really love to do. Mm-hmm. Because for me, for example, I think I've told myself like once or twice, like I'm done. Mm-hmm. Like two years ago, like I, I probably said to myself, like I'm done. This is too hard. Mm-hmm. But the next day I ended up getting like getting back into it because I couldn't not do it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I literally would have to force myself to give up. I would have to like use pa- like power to like not, you know, do music or mm-hmm. do whatever I really want to do. I cause but I so I think like if if you're giving up like, unless you're forcing yourself, you probably don't love it. Mm-hmm. That's probably not the thing you love to do. Mm-hmm. And I kind of realized that. But I don't know. I'm young, so I'm still figuring it out. But as my experience, like that's what I've realized. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's uh. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Go that's ahead. That's powerful. Though. No, no, no. It's all right. It's all right, man. That was a good one, though. Yeah. Sometimes you say some shit and I have to like really stop and think about it. I'm like, oh, crap, we're on the air. <laughs> you know? I'm like, we're live at five on the air right here. I got to. Anywho. Um, so look, as you navigate through setbacks, you got to understand that you have a job and that job is to control along the way, right? So in business school, I learned that controlling, this is kind of like the definition I wrote down, but controlling is making the proper decision of when to pivot or change course according to setbacks and failures. Mm -hmm. I know I said I'm not going to say the word failures, but it just makes sense in the conversation and everything, okay? You can do this in life. You don't have to be starting a business to, or in a business or anything to control. And when you think of control, literally think about doing that like while you're driving. You see a pothole, what do you do? You take control of the wheel and you turn. Mm -hmm. You can stay on the same course is there is there construction in front of you okay hang a right hang two rights instead of hanging your your u-turn or whatever the hell it's gonna be i can't figure that out in my head but um you need a control along the way nothing is ever going to be perfect and you are going to be continually controlling and adjusting your actions for the rest of your life you're as a person who is trying to achieve something ginormous and great you're probably like ryan and i you're probably going to try to be innovating and that means you're going to need to adjust and mold yourself to the situation that's happening. You need to control along the way. You need to understand when to pivot. And I think that is really important for navigating through setbacks because like, you know, an example of that is like, okay, COVID cut Ryan's school tour off like two months early or whatever it was. 
um, that was simply a setback. And all we had to do was sit in the RV and we had to say, okay, we're driving on this road. There's a fat ass pothole in front of us. How are we going to control and potentially pivot Mm -hmm. what we're doing? And how are we going to navigate around this or through this? Um, And I think that's something really important. You are in control, dude. You're in control the entire way of your journey to success. So literally control it. Okay. So one other thing I want to say is, um, and that's, that's not, that's not a popular thing to say. Yeah. And I think most people don't believe that. Yeah. Well, cause most people don't believe that they're, I've said the word a thousand times. They don't believe that they're in control of the things that happen to them. Yeah. Uh, well, most people don't think that they're able to impact the world around them mm-hmm. as much as they truly can. Mm-hmm. I think that, um, well, well, going off the the topic we had last time, right? If if you're com- if you walk into a room and you're radiating confidence, and that affects the whole room, mm-hmm. that's a great indicator right there that you have control. That you can literally shift a whole mood mm-hmm. with your thoughts and with your with your um, with your confidence and your actions. Mm-hmm. So, the way you react to things, you are in complete control of what happens next after wow. that. You know? Yeah. So. I, I the like the more that we we're going to this journey, the more I'm realizing, especially like you're you're always attracting things. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. always attracting good or bad things, depending on what your mindset is, like how you're thinking about things and everything. And you're kind of paving your own destiny in a way. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even I don't even know if I believe in fate anymore. Like I kind of believed in that before, but now I think like you kind of pave your own destiny as you go. You know you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but that's kind of what I've realized. Well, uh, well, well. Y- yes, I believe that. Mm-hmm. I think people. So we're using control in two different ways, right? Like okay. control from like a business perspective, from what I learned in school, right? You're you're uh, taking control of the course, or you're what did I have here? You're you're making the proper decisions of how you're going to navigate something, right? Mm-hmm. That is that is what controlling is from a business sense. Okay. From just Talking about having control of your life, let's switch to that. Okay, my bad. No, 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 yeah, yeah. no, no. What you said is right. Okay. What you said, I'm just, I'm gotcha. just making that point so that what I say now makes sense because okay. I'm going to use the word control a shitload. Got it. People are way in control, more in control of their lives than they think. The reason yeah. that people think that they don't have control over the amount of money that they make or or the the job that they have or their their situation or their relationship, the reason people don't think that they can control those things is because they don't hold themselves accountable. Yeah. Those are the exact type of people who have zero zero or a low amount of self-accountability. So the guy who goes and hates his relationship and feels like he has no control over it mm-hmm. really just won't hold himself accountable to a particular standard that it takes to achieve the outcome that he wants. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. So the the you know law of attraction all those things that you just said entirely right i do think you pave your own way that kind of uh ties into you know ryan and i aren't fans of this and this is like a controversial topic but fuck it and never mind <laughs> but but you know that 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 perpetuates a victim mentality when you feel like yeah. you have no control over things and you don't hold yourself accountable you become 100%. a victim and a victim is a person who succumbs to the uh, outcomes or particular things in a situation because they have no control. A real victim over something has no control over something. And there's a lot of fucked up situations that we can talk about where mm-hmm. you're truly victimized. But yeah. the reality is in the everyday situation in the United States of America, in this great first world country where you've got a thousand dollar iPhone in your pocket and you're able to use your access to technology to listen to inside the RV, you are not a victim. 
Okay, yeah. you have more control over your life and the things that happen to you than you think. Mm-hmm. 99.999999% of things that you experience are within your control. Yeah. You drive down the street and you get robbed, obviously that's out of your control. Yeah. People could say, "Oh, well, go down, you should have driven down the other street," but it's like uh, realistically, yeah. you how well, would you have known? Yeah, but right? are you, uh, you going to take those bad circumstances and let it shape the rest of your life? Like, why would you do that? Like, yeah. yes, it's hard. Mm-hmm. I would I would say so. I think we've all had certain hard things that mm-hmm. could have deterred us in a, in a way, in a different life, a different yeah. path. But it's like, why would you let that shape you when you have... Like, I, I just... Like, I feel bad for people who just don't realize, like, you are in control of the way you react to things and you move forward in your life and how you look at things. Yes. Like... Yes, there are very bad things that happen to people, 100%. Mm-hmm. There are horrible things that happen. There are people who grew up in shitty childhoods, 100%. Mm-hmm. But you still have that choice. Like, So I feel like I can't speak too much on it because mm-hmm. I didn't have a shitty childhood. I had a great childhood. Mm-hmm. But the people who did have a shitty childhood, I really believe that you can use that to um, inspire other people and to create a better atmosphere for other people and for yourself and for your future family and everything else. Like I think that you can turn that around and make it even more powerful than someone who didn't have a bad childhood because you have, you have more of that drive in you from all the bad shit. And I think that that power is in those kind of people, mm-hmm. but it's a choice. It's a choice to want to get up in the morning and think to yourself, look, I want to turn this around and I want to make a better life for myself, my future family, my future wife, my future um, husband, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and create a great atmosphere of a family, of a, of a house, of a whatever, you know? You nailed it, first off. Yeah, and that's, a, and that's a touchy yeah. subject because, you know, like I said, I can't speak too much on it because mm-hmm. I didn't have that bad of a childhood. I had a, a pretty, I had a, you and me, I feel like had pretty good childhoods. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, totally. So I'll never know the feelings, you know, that some people have toward, like, through their childhoods mm-hmm. or whatever happened to them or whatever. But I will say that at the end of the day, I know it's a fact that you still have a choice because, because I've seen other people do it. Yeah. I've seen amazing stories like that. I've seen people who've done that and they've impacted so many people in the world because of that. Yeah. But but they used it. They didn't they didn't they didn't lie in their sorrows for the rest of their life and think, oh well, I didn't achieve what I wanted to achieve or I didn't build the family that I wanted because this happened to me when I was mm-hmm. seven or whatever. Mm-hmm. I've seen people use that and 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 create a life that was unbelievable. So basically you're saying <laughs> I got really deep there. So basically you're saying that people are more in control of their lives than they think. Yes. Yeah, I totally agree. And 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 the reason I I just think it's very simple. I think that I don't I don't care what your skin color is. I don't care if you're gay, straight, black, white, transgender, he, him, zer, zer, anything. Like I really don't care mm-hmm. because I want you to be who you want to be. Like that, like that's cool. Like that's totally cool with me. Some people would take that as me saying that I don't care about that person, but no, my I'm not saying that I have a lack of care for that person because of that particular characteristic. I'm just saying that, you know, cool be who you want to be like i don't i i you know it's it doesn't bug me that that you are in this circumstance or whatever it is i want you to be who you want to be because i truly believe that no matter who you are skin color like i said whatever your gender whatever i i don't care who you are it doesn't matter who you are you truly can achieve whatever you want to achieve 
Yeah. That's why I'm saying, like, when I tell people, like, dude, like, okay, you grew up in the hood, you grew up rich, whatever, this and that, like, to me, that's not a, you know, or you're gay, straight, or whatever it is, like, to me, that's not a huge deal, because I know, regardless of whatever you are, whatever that characteristic is that you have, you can still achieve massive success. 100%. I, I totally believe that. And so, like, what you're talking about really hits it for me because I feel like there are tons of people out there who are like, well, I'm this, I grew up in this circumstance. Oh, well, that's easy for you to say whatever it is. And it's like, dude, when you, like, you just have to look at it logically and realistically. Mm-hmm. I mean, we live in the wealthiest country in the world yeah. with massive output and production. Perspective. There are huge, huge industries. here. We live 30 minutes from LA, the entertainment capital of the world. There is so much opportunity and so many things out there. And I think there are so many people who can achieve greatness. Like when someone tells me, hey, I want to do this, this or that, the first thing I, I, I ask them isn't, okay, well, uh, where'd you grow up or what's your skin color or this mm-hmm. or that? The first thing I ask is, dope, how are we going to do it? 100%. Let's fucking make it happen, dude. Yep. Let's make it happen. What's the solution? So, yeah, what's the solution? Okay, cool. What's the solution? Let's get this thing rolling. Yeah. So, and, and, yeah. and I want to say too, you know, like after all those things I just said right now, like I don't want that to come off as like, I don't care about people and like yeah. I don't care yeah. about people's emotions and everything. Like I do care about that. Yeah. I care so much that I know that you... C- that I'm I'm so passionate about that because I know that you can turn your life around in that way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a better way to approach it than feeling sorry for someone and saying, oh man, like I'm so sorry that happened to you. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. Because that's just going to add to, you know, the bad part of it. That's just going to add to the the sorrow, the, to the sadness. Yeah. That's literally just going to put the, someone more in the rabbit hole than they already were. It, it doesn't provide a solution. Which, and, and it's like, it's like, and it's like, okay, that's, Maybe that's sympathetic, I guess, but it, but it's like, how is that exactly? How is that going to pre- present the right solution? How are you going to move forward from this? How can my mindset is like, okay, that you went through that? I I'm really sorry. Like I I'm truly sorry. Like that's that genuinely sucks. Yes. Like for real. Yes. But how can we turn that around now and impact people and inspire people from your story? Because that's the magic part of it. And I think that nowadays in society, people are missing that. Totally. People are just saying. Oh, like you're not being sympathetic towards them. It's like, yes, I am. Like, I'm like, I, I think most of us are good people. Totally. Like, I think we're all morally good people. Totally. But it's the way you look at that. You know what I'm saying? Like, how, how do I take that and use that for your story to become better, inspiring, impactful, and, you know, change your world and yeah. the world? Yeah. How did not, oh, I'm so, like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm genuinely sorry. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That's a huge difference. That, that just continues to victimize the person that you're talking to. Yes. Like I said, when you continue to victimize someone like that, you're telling them that they have no control, that the things that are happening to, that they are truly are a victim and they don't have any power. They're powerless. Are you, are you kidding me, dude? Everybody has power to change the world, to change others, to succeed, to do so many amazing things. And that, and that's honestly why I get frustrated when like people aren't super solutions oriented because like, I'm just like, look, dude, we need to be a MacGyver here and, and, and take two sticks and turn it into a boat if that's all we got. Yeah. Okay. So when, so if you want to navigate setbacks and stuff, you need to be solutions oriented. Yes. But what you do is you, you assess a situation and you provide or create a solution. You don't dwell on the negative aspects of the situation. Okay, because that will cloud your mind. And as we've said, focus all your energy on the negativity. How are you supposed to come out with a positive solution if all you're focusing on is the bad things? I I just, I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a touchy subject though because I know that you know. It's it's, it's a, no it's, it's a tu- it's a it's touchy tough. subject because ninety nine percent of people on social media are wusses and they don't want to hold themselves accountable and that's the truth. I don't care. I went to college yeah. with people like that and I know people like that. And the reality is that those people are never going to create the success for themselves that they truly are capable of achieving. They're going to be victims for the rest of their life because they feel that they have no power over their life, which is fucking bullshit. I don't yeah. give a fuck, dude. I said I'm not trying to cuss on the podcast, but that's the truth. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Okay? I feel I think everyone has power. I believe and think and I'm confident that everyone has power to change their lives. Yes. I believe, think, and I'm confident that everyone can do something amazing in this world. Yes. And if you think that I'm a bigot or a piece of shit because of that, well, then there's I... There's something wrong with you. Yeah, then, then I believe that there's something wrong with you. I disagree with you. I don't hate you, but I just think that you have a very skewed worldview and a horrible negative mentality, Okay. But, hey, I don't hate you or anything. It's just I'm going to keep living my life and being successful. 100%. I'm not going to let you weigh me down. So, <sighs> and But meanwhile, like, to say that, like, you know, let's continue to bring each other up. And yeah. that's the whole thing about this. Like, you know, some people will look at this out of context and be like, yo, you're putting people down and, like, you're telling them, like, they're being pussies or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, I'm literally trying to bring you, like, we're trying to bring you up. Yeah. Because there, I see so much... Not me, but, like, you know, someone like us, like, sees so much more in someone than they see in themselves. And if we didn't care, we would say, I'm sorry, bro, that sucks, and move on with my life. Nailed it. But I see potential in every human being. Like, we all we all see potential in each other. That's why we do the podcast. <laughs> That's why we do the podcast. So anyone can come here and listen. We've said it a million times. And, and sometimes you need the hard truth to get you up because, because, oh. or, or else you are just going to sit there in your sorrows for the rest of your life and try to figure it out and you'll never figure it out. But you need that kick in the ass sometimes because that is what's going to propel you into who you need to be and who you want to be. You do. Part of your power in being successful is being able to utilize that power to make yourself put your ego aside and say, I have areas that I need improvement and I can change. And granted, Ryan and I've said it a million times. We don't know everything. We're not saying that. Okay. We don't know everything. But so with that being said, we don't know everything, but we have both learned that when you put your ego aside and you allow others who have a real expertise in an area that you are lacking and you can take their expertise and constructive criticism and apply it to grow yourself in that certain area, dude, your life is going to change. But part of the reason that people won't take constructive criticism is because they're self-conscious they're afraid of what others think whatever whatever there's all that but they have an ego people don't want to put their ego aside and that's the truth and so when when i you know hey we don't know everything but if i'm confident that i have a piece of advice that i think i can help that that will help someone and i tell them and i just get this negative reaction from them i go okay hey you know i think and i could be wrong but i think they have such a large ego and they're protecting it that they won't allow others to help them if you can't allow others to help you i mean you're never even going to help yourself bro, dude oh, sorry. and, I, and I, bro i'm so <laughs> passionate about this because i was that guy uh-huh. Uh-huh. i was that guy before me too i was the one who when i got harsh criticism or like constructive criticism yeah. for people i never i never liked being told what to do or how to do something yeah. growing up ever same i hated that shit and so it was so hard for me to hear from people who were right that i realized later 
that I needed to improve at these things. I needed to do better at these things. I didn't, my work ethic needed to be better. All these things. I needed to stop playing a victim in these places. Mm-hmm. It was hard for me to accept that. Mm-hmm. It really was. And my, But my life, guess what? My life was going stagnant yeah. because I wasn't changing and I wasn't getting better like, and taking the advice I needed to take. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm so passionate about it because I know, I've been on that other side and, I, and I've seen myself on, on this side mm-hmm. and I feel so much better about myself and my life after making that switch and realizing that in my head. So that's why I'm so passionate about it. Like, I'm not saying like, I'm a know-it-all and like my whole life, I just knew this or whatever. Like, but I had that click in my head that just changed me, like changed my life and my confidence and how I felt about myself. And I like, I know that's like the right answer. Yeah. Cause I felt it. Yeah, you know, and I can see that you have confidence in that. Yeah, yeah well, number one because I've I keep hitting the laptop. That's why it's your laptop. <laughs> I don't give a shit. This ain't my Mac. It's your laptop. Um, I see your confidence in that, and I know that it's real. And I'll also back it up and legitimize his confidence. And I will totally one hundred percent say that Ryan is right, and I agree with what he's saying. Not because we're homies or because we're mm. you know, business partners or whatever. I've seen this guy grow. I appreciate it, brother. Yeah, of course, man. No, real shit. I've, I've seen this guy grow from that guy who, when I would give him constructive criticism, I could see that it would put a sour taste in his 100%. mouth. When Sticks would, he, Ryan would come home from his first session with Sticks and be like, my God, dude, that guy just gave me like an ass whooping, like a verbal ass whooping, you know? But then 10 sessions later, 10 dance sessions later, Ryan was like, dude, the fact that I dropped my ego and, lis- and, and I'm listening to Sticks, like... I am a new artist. I am a yeah. complete, like Ryan has developed 500 fold because yeah. he's been able to take constructive criticism. And I think I'm that way as well. 100%. I've seen I that think I've too. gotten that way as well. And that ties into episode 11 or 12, do more and talk less. Yeah. Hey, if you can get into a situation, sometimes you can, you can bring more value overall by keeping your mouth shut. Yeah. And just listening mm-hmm. and being a sponge. Dude, that literally is probably like the biggest piece of advice ever to me mm. is just know when to shut up yeah and be quiet and listen to people dude like because because ryan and i are, are extroverts and we both had that same characteristic where we would not want to be told what to do and we thought yeah. we had everything right you know yeah. and i thought that i was being valuable by saying what i felt and being that extrovert and everything and that doesn't mean that i lack self-confidence just because i don't talk now it means that you know, I want to continue to improve my confidence so much mm-hmm. that I'm willing to keep my mouth shut, take the back seat, and listen to others. And I think that's an important part of being a leader. I yeah. think I think a true leader knows when they should lead. Yeah. Right? You should know when you should take that leadership position and you should know when you should sit back, shut your mouth, and listen to others because they have something that's going to change the game for you. And I almost feel like le- like true leaders aren't really leaders in a way. Like mm-hmm. they're one of the team. Like they're not above people. They're one of them. Yeah. I don't I don't know it's weird yeah. like like it's almost like um there's not a true leadership part I, of it. I think the biggest thing is that the leader just has the vision. The overall okay. vision, right? Yeah. But like obviously like as a business leader you hire your weaknesses. Yeah. You're part mm-hmm. of a team like you know I'm like Ryan and I aren't very good at social media. Mm-hmm. So we had a Zoom call with our friend Stephanie who works in the industry. Shout out Stephanie. Yeah. She is unbelievable for sure and she's smart as hell dude Mm -hmm. so we called her and like we we hired that weakness right we Mm -hmm. knew when to duck down and be like hey man we we fucking suck at this yeah and so stephanie 
schooled us, dude, and gave us so much value. Mm. But if Ryan and I still had our big egos, and that's a constant work in progress, but if Ryan and I still had these huge egos and we're like, no, we don't need to call her, whatever, whatever. We never would have gotten all that value that she brought us, dude. Mm-hmm. So to talk about leadership, yeah, I think it's like, I think a, a leader has the overall vision, but they know when to take a step back and be like, you're good at this. I suck at it, mm-hmm. but I know what the huge vision is here. I'm going to put you here. You do this. Help us achieve this vision. I think that's what a true Man, and that's, is. that's what I love about our team too, because I yeah. think that, you know, you as the manager, you're not really like telling me what to do and shit like that and vice versa me as the artist i'm not like okay you have bro you have to do this because this is like what i'm visioning and shit like the fact that we're both open even sticks too like i I think like the fact that we're all kind of like on the same level with shit Mm -hmm. and just like we know each other's strengths each other's weaknesses and we kind of play off that that's like a dope flow of a team right there there's no like um dictator of the team saying like Oh well, I'm I'm the shit of the of the group, and like you better listen to me. Like I have more knowledge, I'm more skills, whatever. It's yeah. like I think that's how that's how teams fold. Yeah. In the future, and you know, and yeah. in the the business, but uh-huh. that's what I that's why I value a lot about our team. So I feel like definitely find a good team. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it comes comes naturally. I don't think you have to find it. I think it comes at the right time. Yeah. And I think that the right people come around again from what you attract and like yeah. the work you put in. Yeah. But. Yeah, I definitely value that a lot. About I mean, team. having a team is huge even in, like, just personal development mm-hmm. because, like, your friends, like, your close circle of friends, that's your team. Yeah. Right? And so let's say that you're a mother or a father and you just want to become a more disciplined person who, and you want to build your work ethic and you have these goals and these successes that you want to achieve, whatever the hell those are, Mm -hmm. right? Let's just say you're like, Hey, you know, I'm a mother or a father. I work this job. I don't work this job. I stay at home, whatever it is. You know, I think that your team Mm -hmm. are those people that you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. So if you're, if you keep waking up every morning and you're like, God, my friends just want to go out and drink or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. your, your team is negatively impacting you. Okay. You don't have to start a business to have a team. Mm -hmm. You, your family is your team, you know? And as hard as it is, it's like, if some of your family members are negative and they're trying to push you in a direction that you don't want to go and you know, you have these goals, then gotta do what you gotta do yeah but you gotta surround yourself with a great team man i mean those are the things that we emphasize like a mother effort is taking action and surrounding yourself with the right people Mm -hmm. um that's kind of going off a little bit we we went way off the the script but yeah it's all good i feel like it's all like important information yeah the Mm -hmm. listeners are like no keep going please (laughs) please keep going i'm writing notes right now (laughs) man wow jeez man we're out here spitting bars (laughs) (laughs) i need some water man Oh geez, I wrote all these notes and I don't even I don't even need them now. Oh, okay. So look, here's here's one thing about learning. Um or, or failing, sorry, that I setbacks, failure, whatever, that I had to learn and we both ha- had to learn, I think, is that I just don't think that you can learn you I'm like looking at my notes, <laughs> speaking, thinking ten different things. I don't think you can use learning as an excuse to continually fail. Mm. I think that's a problem that I see a lot of people doing. And so when you have a setback, it's like, you know, when you have a setback and you release that song and it didn't get the amount of streams you want, it didn't get any, you know, press coverage and, uh, you know, you didn't network and nobody in the industry saw it or whatever it is. A lot of people just go, hey, we learned. Okay, we learned. We learned. Mm, that's that, a good point. That's that's cool every now and then. Yeah. That, that That's okay every now and then. 
Um, I think there's two important things to that. Number one, if you continually do that um, without changing anything, well, knowledge is nothing without the ability to execute it and to bring great results, Mm -hmm. right? So I I think if you just say, hey, but we learned, but we learned. If I was on a team with someone like that, I'd be like, well, I don't give a fuck how much you learned. Show me the results, baby. Yeah. Because results, 100% for the rest of your life, everybody needs to remember this. Results are are key. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you tell me how much weight you're going to lose. It doesn't matter if you tell me what you're going to achieve or how many books you're going to do. All I want to see is that you did it. Mm -hmm. I want to see those results. So, um, yeah, I just I just don't think that that is a real concrete way of making progress. Now, I think that you shouldn't use it as an excuse to continually fail, but with every setback you're going to learn and what you can do is take that knowledge and make the next song release 20 times better, right? Mm-hmm. Cuz like I said, if you don't take that knowledge and use it to execute on something greater than the first time, then you're just in this wheel you're in the hamster wheel as ryan calls it right Mm -hmm. and it's like it's very hollow to just be like we learned we learned take what you learned write 20 bullet points then take those 20 bullet points and take another whiteboard and say based on these 20 bullet points here's our 10 decisions we made last time how are we going to adjust these 10 decisions okay okay so i think that's an important part of of uh setbacks is yeah like and and i think we do that occasionally still i think i do that uh, and it's it's a work in progress because you're always going to learn when mm-hmm. you have a setback or a failure. But it's very important to not just rely on that. Oh, well, well we learned. Yeah, because I think it's like the, going off what you said, it's like you got to be honest with yourself and say, are you using that as an excuse or did you did you not do everything you could that you know you could? Like look, look yourself in the mirror and say, OK, did I just screw up that month because I was being lazy or did I actually really put in 110%, but it didn't work out, and I, I did learn? It's like that honesty is like the key right there, in my opinion, that I've realized. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Ladies and gentlemen, practical tips to navigate setbacks and avoid failure. Yeah. We should get that soundboard. I could have put like an explosion or something <laughs> right here. Here's some practical things, Ryan, you can feel to add to this. Okay, when it comes to setbacks and failure, like I said, um, Number one, accept that setbacks are inevitable, okay? Accept that it is inevitable and all people deal with it. You're going you're gonna to have obstacles every day in certain things. Like if you have different hobbies, you might have 10 different setbacks in one day because you're 10 hobbies or whatever. You know, you re, you, there, there was an obstacle there, whatever it is. Accept that setbacks are inevitable. Mm-hmm. It's going to freaking happen. Don't get discouraged. That's, I think that's the worst thing you can do is get discouraged. And then like Ryan said, lie there in your sorrow. I was the worst at that, by the way. Yeah. I, growing up, I was the kid that if I didn't get something right away, I was frustrated and discouraged. Like, and I just like wanted to give up right there. Wow. So that was a huge point right there that you just made, like that I had to get better out of my life and still get better at. Mm-hmm. I still have moments like that, but yeah. Yeah. Well, it's easy to, yeah, it's easy to get discouraged and to, yeah. into, you know, think that, oh, am I failing more than, than Jay Biebs did? Yeah. Am yeah, I yeah. failing more than than Jacob Lattimore does when he's doing his when shit, he was you know, 22 where was he at and yeah. I'm at oh my yeah. god bro I don't think you understand like I'll look at a video of someone playing guitar and I'm like okay they're 27 and a half <laughs> and I'm 23 I wonder if I'm gonna be am I gonna know the Phrygian mode when I'm 27 <laughs> years old or whatever it is yeah. you know that that's a bad mentality yeah because you're immediately comparing yourself to you're someone on a different path yeah yeah and you're on a different path yeah, yeah. you're you're not 
ever, even if someone's going for the same job, your path is going to be different than theirs and you just got to accept that. Okay. Uh, Practical tips. Begin taking action that produces outcomes so you can really make educated decisions based on those outcomes, okay? So like we said, action is huge, um, and this ties into the whole learning thing. You can't use learning as an excuse to continually fail, but what I think you should do is continue to take action, use those outcomes and the knowledge you get from those outcomes to drive your new decisions and continue to snowball the progress. Bro, that's such, I'm just going to, can I add to this one too? Absolutely, Ryan Ramirez. <laughs> bro, I, it just comes back to the action thing, bro. Like, that's such a great point. Like, yeah. I I firmly believe that if you just take so much action, you're going to be so confident in yourself by all the action you're taking that if you start failing in little losses, like, don't even phase you, bro. Yeah. Like, I, I, bro, I'm going to say right now, like, literally, I'm not happy with, you know, my stream counts and my numbers and my following, Instagram following and everything. Right now, I'm at like, what, 2,600 followers? 2,749. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> which which is weak. It's very weak. Yeah. Very weak for an artist. But because of all the actions I take on a day-to-day basis and because of like everything that I do mm-hmm. and how many songs I write and all the dance routines I learn, everything, that shit doesn't even phase me because I know it's going to catch up. Like the action, the action really creates... A confidence in you, a confidence in you that just like everything else, like the failures and everything, the setbacks, they don't even phase you. Yeah. And don't get it twisted. Like we're not just sitting here with Ryan's following stagnant. Like we speak daily about how to boost his shit. Yeah. Like, oh we're, yeah, we're, yeah. Like we're on our. I'm not, shit. I'm not cont- Like we're not. Yeah. Just we're we're, at that. we're not content at all. I just wanted to clarify. No, yeah, that. Like, yeah, yeah. We're, we're going in. Hundred <laughs> percent. But but it doesn't it doesn't discourage me from like yeah. not pursuing this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Practical tips. Failure. So all you kids out there that are like, oh, less than 3,000 followers, who are you? It's like, hey, so to all those seventh graders who was talking shit because Ryan's following is less than 5,000, I'll see you in the parking lot, okay? <laughs> no, I just remember like going to like those middle schools and stuff with the school tour. And at that time, I had like 1,200 followers or whatever. Yeah. Um, because I lost access to my other account. That okay, but what, what making excuses. Okay, yeah, no, no, for, <laughs> no, <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got twenty seven hundred. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, I had like twelve hundred followers or whatever, and people yeah. were like Ryan Ramirez. They saw the poster. Ryan Ramirez, less than two thousand followers. Bro, some we're kid, not going to stick around. <laughs> some kid literally said that on the school tour. They were like, um, excuse me, um, who's the artist that can perform for us? And I was like, his name's Ryan Ramirez. I'm his manager. How are you? Whatever. And we'd be talking. The kid would be like, what's his Instagram? And then I'd give them your Instagram. They'd be like, less than 3,000 followers. <laughs> and this little fucking 14-year-old would run away. <laughs> I'm like, No, like that happened. Hey, but watch me tear up that stage, though. A real talk, though. He would tear it up. Anyways. We, he would tear it up. Anywho. All right. Now we're just, now we're just stroking cocky. our egos. I'm getting cocky. <laughs> Just hey, for fun, hey, though. Guys, we, fun. we have fun here. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We, we have fun here. Go ahead, though. Uh, uh, okay, practical tips. Failure is only real when you completely give up. Boom. Remember that. This one is huge and goes back to what Ryan and I were saying a minute ago about like comparing yourself to people. Be patient, dude. Mm-hmm. Be patient. Ryan's been stuck at under 10K followers. And, you know, everybody knows on Instagram, like, once you reach 10K, it's like, ooh double digits like now you yeah it just says 10 with the k yeah it just it yeah. hits different you know 100%. so i mean that's one thing that i had to learn was like to gain a real 
real fan base, real followers in an ethical way. And like, we're not just paying for followers or whatever to build his real fan base and stuff. It's going to take time, dude. Yeah. We got to be patient. Like Ryan and I have already had the discussion like, yo, we might be in this game for 10 years before he pops off. 100%. And we've had, we've had that discussion. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to pop off like soon <laughs> but um yeah we've really had to humble ourselves and just be like all right let's just put our heads down and work and and be patient you know um the last thing i think this is really important when you're executing take an action whatever is educate yourself in the first place so that you don't have to learn from failure mm. like 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 when ryan's releasing a song i need to do every single thing i can to understand spotify playlist curation to understand getting him in the press to understand how the Spotify algorithm works, to understand how our digital advertising works. I need to understand that and educate myself to the fullest extent so that I can mitigate my risk of a setback or failure in the first place. So educate yourself, dude. Yeah. There's so much. Fr- Literally everything I know about Facebook ads and everything and music in the industry and everything, aside from like my internships and meeting people and all that, I learned from Google, dude. Yeah. I learn everything from YouTube and, and, you know, learning on my own and all that. But yeah, educate yourself as much as you can so you won't fail in the first place. I love it. Bro, is that the last point? That is the perfect segue into my quote from my book. Do, 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 do. This is the inside the RV. See how sick would that be if we had that would be sick (laughs) with the the tapestry inside the RV. Hey, we're going to get a tapestry for everyone that watches the visual. It's going to be, we're not going to look like some weird cartoon monkeys in our. (laughs) Ryan says that our our artwork we look like monkeys in the RV. I, think we do. I look like I'm about to be like, a <laughs> <laughs> hey, good point. <laughs> All right, whip your book out. Hey, whip, All right. whip that book out. Well, you said educate, and this is like literally what that's about. So it's pretty cool. So this book here is called um, "It's All in Your Head: Get Out of Your Own Way" by Russ, the Goat Russ. Um, I really look up to Russ a lot. I think people, you know, think he's really arrogant and cocky or whatever, but you know, I think that that's like his personality or whatever. But well, I look past that and I look at the the points he talks about because he makes some great, great, great points. I could go off, but yes, I agree. Okay, I could go off on the people who talk smack. Okay, but yes, I agree. If you want to, real quick, you can. Well, I just want to say that Russ is a multi-millionaire independent artist, which even today is very, very, very wildly, insanely crazy that he has been able to be so unbelievably successful as an independent artist. And I think that he actually in a sense, has helped pave the way for the route that a lot of modern independent artists take in terms of achieving success in the music industry. That guy, I think for the independent route, along with like Chance and a couple other people, are really going to go down as kind of some people who laid the foundation for Mm -hmm. the independent come up, especially, I think Russ blew up in what, like 2015? Yeah, something like that. I think he started blowing up in like 2015. There's Really a Wolf came out 2017? Uh, 2016, I think. Okay, but yeah, yeah so I, I just want to say that I give credit where it's due, and so I think it's really trendy to hop on the bandwagon and just say, you know, oh, Russ, whatever, this fool's corny, whatever, but I mean, at the end of the day, the guy is a multi-millionaire independent artist who owns all his own masters. Look, if you can't, okay? look, if you can't look past that, all the, the Twitter hype and everything about him, and see the results, and see what he's done with his you're, life... You're a fool, then. You're missing out. Yeah, you're yeah, just missing yeah, out. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> you're a fool. <laughs> you're a fool. <laughs> um, but anyways, so this quote was very interesting to me because this is a great book, by the way. You should get it if you're an artist. It's awesome, awesome, especially if you're going the independent route. But um, this quote just really resonated with me personally. I don't think it's going to resonate with everyone. It might not resonate with you because it's about school. But um, 
It might not, or it might. It might not because oh, okay. um, we're on a, we were on a different path school wise. You'll, you'll yeah, see, yeah, you'll okay. get it. Um, but basically, he says pulling the trigger is about trusting your instincts. Your gut knows what you want to do before you do. Um, I went to college after high school. I had straight A's, but shortly after midterms, my true calling could not be suppressed any longer, and I lost interest in school. I missed one class, then I gradually started missing more and more, and then I stopped going altogether. A part of me felt real bad for not showing up to class until I realized that I already knew what I wanted to do with my life. And that really resonated with me because that is exactly what happened to me. Mm-hmm. I went to community college for like three-fourths of a year. And I, re- and I just knew what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be. And school, in my case, was not the path that I wanted to take. Now, I want to preface this by saying I'm not knocking school. I think school is an awesome tool. If, if that is um, for your path and for who you want to be and everything, I think it's an awesome tool. But I think college is I – didn't, I didn't want to waste my four years – um, and money especially, mm-hmm. doing something that is aside um, from what I wanted to do, which is be an artist and learn, you know, whatever. So, and I wanted to talk about this because you said the quote of, um, you said that point of educate yourself. Yeah. Right? And I think that nowadays, like, I'm realizing, like, the most, ed- and I read this in a Napoleon Hill book called Three- Thinking Go Rich, Grow Rich. And like I said, I'm not knocking college. I think college is a great tool, but it's not for everyone. Agreed. But the most, so I read this in a quote, the most educated person in the room isn't the person with the most school education and degrees. It's the person who knows exactly what he wants to do, um, and locks in on it, and uses the resources in the world to attain the life that he wants. Um, and, understand how the, and understands how the mind works and, manipu- and is able to manipulate the mind, your own mind, to get what you, want it, what you desire. Because I think so, so many times, like, people get lost in, like, school and, like, oh, school is the ticket. Like, school is, like, the way of life and the, the way of getting a job and everything, which is true if that's your path. To, if, to an extent, If that's true. your path, right? Yeah. But really the goal of life is to attain the life that you want. Yeah. That's, like, happiness and f- fulfillment in a nutshell. Yeah. If you want to, it's, it's literally about desiring something mm-hmm. and achieving that and fulfilling that. So I think... Um, that 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 quote just really hit me because for so long I was like, oh, like I didn't go to school for four years, like in college, um, I'm just not educated. But that's not true. Like I said, the most educated person in the room is the person who knows what he wants and goes for it. And if school is part of that, then great, you're you're gonna still be the most edu- educated in the room based on your path and that. But I just really resonated with that because I think that people especially in the you know older generations like are so locked in on like oh if you didn't go to school you're a loser mm-hmm. but it's like you could be a loser if you didn't do anything with your life and you didn't know what you wanted and you didn't go forth and attain with the life you wanted mm-hmm. but you could be a winner over the person who went to school just because they thought that was the only answer and like that was like like what their parents wanted for them or whatever yeah. you know what i mean like it's it just all what you it's all it's just another resource in the world for you to use to attain the life that you want to use. Yeah. So that's that really hit me and like I just like he said in the book I started feeling bad because I was always a great kid in school. Like I had straight A's. Um I always got on teachers good sides. I was a good kid in school. Mm-hmm. But I went to college and I started feeling that like 
weight on my shoulders of like, I know what I want to do. Like, why am I here? Mm-hmm. Why am I in this class right now? Like, I literally have no interest in this at all. And I'll be at home grinding my ass off right now yeah. on music, which I did. And I started missing school. And Russ said in the book, like, um, I started missing class until I realized I knew what I wanted to do with my life. Like, I started feeling bad about it until then. Mm-hmm. And like, that just resonated with me. So what I'm saying is like, I wanted to bring this up because don't feel bad if the path that someone else wanted for you isn't, um, isn't the right path for you. Mm-hmm. You got to focus on what you want and make the best of your life. You're the most educated person in the room if you do that. I'm sick of getting in. I'm sick of getting in debates with people, and they're saying like, "Oh, I'm more educated than you." Like, yeah, well, you're not happy with yourself. So how <laughs> well, are you more well, educated than me? My my response to that would be, well, maybe you are more formally educated in the particular field of study that you went to school with. Yeah. You have a marketing degree. Cool. Yeah, you're probably more formally educated in marketing than me. Cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, but I think when people say, hey, take it from a guy, I consider myself to have been a great student in college. I learned an absolute shitload yeah. and it ended up contributing to what I want to do, which is being a music That's manager. Awesome. But I, I, I love when people get into this discussion too, because I can tell them, dude, I, I spent 30 grand on a degree and went to and a really good business school at Cal State Fullerton. And um, I went through the system and I did all that stuff. And yeah. I'll tell you that I think that uh, back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and 90s, and it just in our parents' entire, you know, generation of them growing up in the first, like, 30, 40 years of their life, there were so many less resources for making money and being successful and educating yourself that school was the only route. Yeah, there's no entrepreneurship there, Yeah, there, there, there were no courses that you see on a YouTube ad. Yeah. There were no free YouTube channels where you can learn about quantum physics. Today, you can learn about anything you want on the internet. I think that school is really good if you want to learn something specialized. Mm. I consider myself to be a marketer. I think I... I studied entrepreneurship at school and that was my emphasis, but I consider myself first and foremost to be a marketer because I took over the role of a marketer and really studied that in my entrepreneurship courses. When I worked with clients, I looked at social media and marketing and I wrote the marketing plan, the marketing portion of my business plan. So I think that I got a lot of good value out of college and it ended up awesome. transcending into what I'm doing outside of college, which is cool. Yeah. Was that 100% necessary? No. I think that if I knew I wanted to be a music manager when I was 18, um, I could have taken some sort of online, you know, six month marketing course on LinkedIn for two grand or whatever it is yeah. and went from there and networked in the industry. Now, here's the deal. If you're studying anything in STEM, I think you have to go to school 100% yeah. because you have to, number one, earn the creden- the credential and the accolade from other people in your field that verify your skills. And when you're talking about the STEM field, I think that's absolutely necessary. I think if you're trying to do like modern day digital advertising and marketing with Facebook and Google ads and shit like that, you don't got to go to school to learn Also, that, I dude. think school is great if you don't know what you want to do yet. To like give you some more options and to kind of uh, what you think about I'm that? I'm fifty fifty on that because if you don't know what you want, see that's that's why a lot of people do co- go to college. They go, I don't know what I want to do yet. Um, I'm gonna do two years of GE 
But the thing is, first off, I just want to say I think general education is a horrible idea. I think it is a complete waste of money for people to take general education courses, and here's why. Nobody gets paid for being good at a bunch of different things. Mm -hmm. Everybody gets paid and earns a lot of money and brings value because they're really good at one particular thing. Um, well, do you think that they, they created that in order for you to find what it is that you want you like by taking different classes and like figuring it out like that? You know what I mean? Uh, I would say maybe that was one of the reasons, but I think that from what I read, our education system was based off something in like England or something. Oh. I forget what it is. Uh, and the purpose of it is to have a well-rounded education. But mm -hmm. once again, I'll go back to my point of I just don't think having a well-rounded education is going to make you tons of money. And the reality is that most people go to college because they want to get a job where they make a ton of money. Let's just be honest. Yeah. People go to college and get a marketing degree so they can become a marketing director and make 100K a year. Yeah. Okay. No, no one really... I mean, of course, there are people. No one truly goes to school to be like, I just want to learn about a bunch of different stuff. You know what I'm saying? Most people do it to get a good job. Um, to address your point, I think that as a person who went through two years of general education and went to school for almost five years, uh, you're better off finding what you want to do by actually executing and doing work in a particular field. So okay. I, I studied biology, uh, American history, uh, God, like, like a logics class, not logic pro X, but like <laughs> a logical thinking and critical thinking class. I took psychology, I took communications and I took, I was in so many different facets, but I barely scratched the surface and I was never even able to truly find out if I liked any of that stuff because I was just learning about it. Okay. I think what would have been better if people want to want to figure out what they want to do, go get hired somewhere. Go figure something out and get hired in a certain industry somehow in a very, but, but guess what? Guess what? You're not going to make a lot of money at all. Yeah. You're probably going to get paid minimum wage. Go to a psychologist's office and be like, hey, I taught myself Excel off YouTube. I have great communication skills. Will you pay me minimum wage to be in the front of your office? Because I want to see if psychology is for me. I think that's, that's an even, pretty dope. I think that's an even better way. It cost me $30,000 to get a degree from Cal State Fullerton. That's fifteen grand for two years because it was about $3,400 a semester, $3,500 a semester, so about seven grand a year. So mm -hmm. about fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars for two years. So you're telling me that I just spent fifteen thousand dollars on my first two years of general education when I could have taken that fifteen thousand dollars, potentially invested it in stocks or bought an asset that could have earned me income and I could have made my way through different jobs and learned practically in an actual field by executing and working, I would have rather taken that. Mm -hmm. So I'm not against college, but I think the idea of general education uh, actually slows people down. Okay. That's my take. Wow, okay. <laughs> does, that See, does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, it does for okay. sure. Okay. This, is, this is a great topic too because we come from different school backgrounds. Yeah. We're like opposites with that. Yeah. So it's pretty cool to see like, you know, both sides and um, I'm sure like the listeners have, you know, their own opinions on it too. Yeah. But uh, what I'm saying is at the end of the day, school is a great tool. We can all agree like school is great and it's what you make of it. Absolutely. But in a, in a bigger lens, school isn't life. 100%. Life is way bigger than school. 100%. School is merely a resource to use to generate, you know the life that you want to create. Yeah. If that's and like there's I, other ways to do it besides yeah. school. Like I said, if that's in your path, if you want to become a doctor, you need to go to school 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're a, per a person who just wants to own a business, you don't necessarily have to go through two years of GE and then two years of business courses to start a business. 
Yeah. Anyone can go online and start a Shopify dropshipping store for $1,000. You want to earn $1,000, go knock on the door of all of your neighbors and say, hey, can I wash your car for 20 bucks today? Yeah, and if someone you know? and if someone says like, well, what hurts like if you just get a degree just to have it, and then but it's like, well, time is very precious and valuable. Yeah. Yeah. And those four years you could have transformed into something else. And I say that because if I did that, mm-hmm. I already know myself, dude. I would be in the party life. I would be yeah. a completely different person than I am right now, and I would not be at the level that I am right now, like with certain things. So it's like, yeah, you know, like time's very time's a luxury. Mm-hmm. Totally. You got to use it wisely. So it's like. You know, but the the only the only thing I kind of feel bad about saying this is because I think a lot of people don't know what they want totally. until later in life. Bro, me for, bro. But, but for me, yeah. I knew exactly what I wanted at like, I would say like 17, 18. If you, you know, know exactly what you want, go off and do it. Don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and if, if it requires school, then go to school. Because yeah, guess what? 100%. That's what requires it. Yeah. But if it doesn't require school, don't go to school. Yeah. Don't feel bad like, oh, I don't have a degree and everybody has a degree. Oh, whatever it is. All my friends are going to college. Dude, like 90% of the people that I went to school with, they would be like, I don't know, dude. I'd be like, oh, cool. We're graduating. Like, what are you going to do? They're like, I don't know, dude. Or before, well, hey, what are you going to, I remember like freshman year, I was, what are you going to major in 90% of all the other Undecided. freshmen were like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what I want to do. I'm in business right now or I'm in mechanical engineering, but like, I don't know if I want to do that. A lot of people do it to please their parents. And if your parents are paying for your degree, my parents paid for my degree. I get it. I get that. Yeah. Like my mom really wanted me to go to college. Like really did. That was her dream. She said, once you go to college and get a degree, you can go off and do anything you want. I'll pay for your degree. And I was like, I don't know what I want to do. I'm getting my, yeah. degree, my degree paid for for free. Cool. I'm going to do it. And it, there are millions of other people in that situation whose like parents are paying for their degree, whatever. They don't know what they want to do. I say go out and get a degree. Cool. It's fun. And ultimately, I think that for me, like I found myself in college. I found out that I, that I wanted to be an entrepreneur through college. Like if I was, ne- I have an addictive personality. If I didn't go to college, who knows what the fuck I'd be doing oh, yeah, right yeah, now. You know? like, yeah. But I think from like an experience standpoint of like, you know, the stress of finals and studying and going to college and partying and everything about college. I think it is overall a fucking awesome experience. That's dope. But you, you can't, you got to weigh that against like, if you're Ryan and you know what you want to do, you, I'm sorry, you got to go out and do what you want to do. You can't just look at it like, oh yeah, I'm going for the college experience. Like if you know, you want to be a music artist, go out and do that shit. Yeah. And see, like for me, it was less about, it was less about, um, sacrificing, um, like the actual school part of it for uh-huh. me it was sacrificing the fun part of it yeah it like, can be fun <laughs> like the way i looked at it was like if i went to college i would have like i would have tried to get into a university get into a frat like live the party life and just experience four years of the best I years knew, of my life i knew you looked like a delta alpha beta <laughs> yo That's derek funny. but like no literally like my junior year of high school i was like I'm going to a university. Like I, I just want to live the college life for four years and like have fun and like meet amazing people and shit like that, which is dope. Yeah. Don't yeah. get me wrong. That's dope. Yeah. But for me, I was like, what I want to do is going to take a lot of work. Yeah. It's yeah. going to take a lot of work of my own work and learning from people in the industry. Mm-hmm. So I need to, I'm going to have to sacrifice the fun shit, the fun part of college for that. It was less about sacrificing like the studies and more about sacrificing like, the fun shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was uh, at least my case. <clears throat> but here's the deal, though. Ryan is an honorary Cal State Fullerton alumni because <laughs> I, I took him to a m- mad parties. Yeah. I took this guy to mad parties. All my friends are from there now. Is that really- <laughs> That makes me laugh. Every time you say you're like, yeah, I didn't go to college. I'm like, yeah, but you partied like you were in college. So it's all good. Here and there. Here and there. That's awesome. Uh, here's my quote real quick. Um, 
This is from a book called The Lean Startup, and this was required by my professor. I don't think it was required, but my professor, JJ, who's a beast, head of the entrepreneurship department at Cal State Fullerton, he recommended that we all read this book, and I think it's just really cool. It's called The Lean Startup, which is a methodology for bringing products to the marketplace and uh, running a business in the modern world, and it's really cool. It's really cool, so I think you guys should all read it. I really liked it. But they have a thing where they talk about uh, learning is an excuse for failure, whatever. I just I, I already spoke about the quote, so I'm just going to say it. <clears throat> Anytime a team attempts to justify its failures by resorting to learning as an excuse, it is engaged in pseudoscience as well. And there was like a chapter where they talk about you know, when you, when learning is your excuse for failure, it, it can be a detriment. And there's a whole chapter on it that we don't have to get into because Ryan and I kind of talked about it already, but yeah, that was it. Wait, so repeat it one more time. I kind of, okay. Anytime a team attempts to justify its failures by resorting to learning as an excuse, it is engaged in pseudoscience as well. What does that mean? Pseudoscience is fake science. Oh, okay. It's like science based on kind of an assumption and it's not based on real evidence. Gotcha, so okay. people will say that like, uh, so, so when you, anytime a team attempts to justify its failures, meaning anytime you fail, you're going to say that you learned and that was your excuse for the failure. Hey, we learned you're engaging in a philosophy or some sort of science that is based on assumptions and doesn't really have a backbone because how do you judge like, Oh cool. We, we used learning we learned, but we failed. It's like, it's kind of hollow. I get you. Cause what, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's what, and there's a whole discussion in the book about that. I, I, I don't know if I'm on, I think this is in the epilogue, whatever, but I thought that was really cool, man. That's awesome. That's All true right. too. Very true. Guys hit us up on Instagram at J A C X B M as in Matthew O O R E on the phone. J as in just talking on the phone. A as in a, I'm talking to you on the phone. No, but J-A-C-X-B more uh, at Ryan Ramirez official. Uh, Jacob at densitymgmt.com if you guys want to shoot us any shit via email. And, uh, and uh, check out my Spotify, Apple Music, Ryan Ramirez, SoundCloud, Ryan Ramirez. YouTube, whatever. Yes, sir. We're doing promo too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, we out here. <laughs> but hey, episode 14, my guy. I'm trying to decide when you look in your eyes, yeah, yeah I mean besides, but your feelings inside you I'm pissing up my mind